Alright, what's going on everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. Before we start into today's episode, I have a quick question for you. Raise your hand if you are listening and you are a founder or you are a founder type or working on side projects. Now, if you're if you're driving, please don't raise your hand. But if you're thinking that's me, chances are you might have a co-founder and in today's world, everything's remote. And this is unfortunate for founding teams because teams work fastest when they're together, right? When you're starting something new from scratch, being in the same room has a magical kind of feeling to it. And when we're all remote, you don't really get the same thing. Well, what if I told you there's a way to get that same output, right? Get that same feeling while being remote. And luckily there is. Uh, our sponsor for the next couple of weeks for Forward Thinking Founders is Sidekick. And Sidekick is an always-on display that sits next to you, next to your computer. It allows you to work right next to your co-founder like you were in the same room. This eliminates most of the problems that you kind of get when founding a startup remotely. And you're able to move faster and, and, and kind of get stuff done in a much more efficient way like you could with if you were in the same room. And luckily, because you're a listener of Forward Thinking Founders, you get a big discount on on Sidekick devices. If you go to sidekick.video slash FTF, you get $30 off. The market rate is $50 per device. As a listener of this podcast, it is $20 per device. $30 off total per device. So go to sidekick.video slash FTF, get your devices, and get you and your co-founders working together like you're in the same room, even if you're remote. Hope you enjoy it. What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Luke Hutcherson, who is the founder of Perfect Venue. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Uh, as you can see by my background, I'm out here in space, you know, looking at the earth from far up, which is the beautiful yeah. thing about Zoom backgrounds. How about you? Where, where are you based in the world? We are in San Francisco. All right. Very, very cool. And I, I can actually, from my view in space, and actually see Salesforce Tower from here, which is good. Right, aside with the jokes, what is Perfect Venue? For people that don't know what you're, that, what you're working on, what, 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 you, what, is, um, what is Perfect Venue? Yeah, so Perfect Venue is a table reservation system uh, that helps small businesses, specifically restaurants, bars, breweries, things like that, um, easily accept reservations in the COVID era and beyond. Um, we help restaurants basically reopen safely and profitably. So that's awesome. This is super needed. We'd love to hear about how it works. If I was a restaurant, that yeah. let, let's go back like five months or something, and the, the, this thing hit, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like what am I supposed to do? 
Where does your software come into play? I guess like, how does it work if I was a restaurant owner? Totally. So the way that it works, so, you know, if you, if you take a step back pre COVID, like really the only kind of places that need to take reservations were more of like the high end high end restaurants, larger restaurants. Um, but what we saw with all these new regulations and health guidelines is that you have a lot of restaurants and breweries and things like that that now have reduced capacities. And so they need a nice, like simple, easy to use reservation system and one that doesn't require a commitment um, to help them through this, this COVID period that we don't know how long it's going to last. And so if you're a restaurant, you go to our website, perfectvenue.com, you can sign up, get a free 30-day money-back trial. Um, and then from there, uh, you take it, use it, we'll help you uh, get set up or you can get set up on your own. So I'd love to hear a little bit about how this got started, uh, the origin story. Why did you decide to work on this? Yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, Perfect Venue, as the name sounds, is a little bit closer to like events and venues. So um, we actually started more on event management software for restaurants. Um, and the way that we started that, I was actually in the military. I was an army officer for five years. And in between deployments to Afghanistan, we had had these social events for our unit for anywhere from like 10 all the way up to 800 people. Um, and I was the poor lieutenant that got stuck planning a few of these. And it was just always really difficult to find and book a venue in particular event spaces at restaurants. And I started talking to restaurants and they were like, yeah, we have the, the opposite problem. We have this beautiful private event space uh, that sits empty three, four, five nights a week. We also don't really have good software tools to manage our existing events. We have like thousands of dollars just being um, handled offline, which in aggregate comes out to about $80 billion each year in the U.S., um, and so we started Perfect Venue to really solve that problem of uh, streamlining this private events process. Um, but as we iterated and then COVID hit, um, we realized that we kind of need to put that on the back burner um, until, you know, we, we sorted things out. So we pivoted to table reservations. And the goal is really to sort of at the, the end of the day, build like a Shopify uh, for restaurants. So we're a one-stop shop for all their booking software needs, whether it's table reservations, event management, uh, public events and ticketing. Uh, and things like that. And what, what have you, you know, obviously there's been a lot of like macro changes in the last year, in the last six months. What have you learned about the market, your customers, yourself? I mean, lots has changed. We've all had to learn a lot. For a company like, like yours, what have you learned in the last couple of months as you've had to adjust and, and kind of build for the, 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 current, the current now? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things, and it seems obvious in hindsight, but you know, when your house is burning down, you don't want to talk to a plumber. You want to talk to, to the fire department. And, um, and we, when, and the reason I mentioned that is so, you know, in terms of our, our raise and everything, I mean, we were around November, December timeframe, we're closing our raise, we're building our team, really polishing the product. And we are starting to try and sell this event management product in like February, March. And I mean, you know, people just weren't listening, responding to our emails at all. Like existing customers didn't care. And uh, we really realized that like, hey, when your customers are in crisis, you need to, to focus on that immediate crisis um, and solve that for them as opposed to, you know, trying to, to think long term. Because it doesn't make sense to think long term when, you know, you're just trying to survive uh, that day to day environment. Definitely. It, it, it just, it's, it just think back to what was it like March 10th when it was, it was the day that that Disneyland shut down and the NBA yeah. their season. I'm just like, all right. Like I kind of, obviously because of biology and Mark Andreessen, and I kind of actually, I feel like I knew what was going on a little early, but that day, like just the world changed like forever yeah. that one yeah. day. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. It was, I mean, it felt like things were in free fall there for a little bit and it took us a little while to get our footing, but 
we just listened to our customers. One of our customers uh, that actually had to use the event management software was like, hey, I think we're going to need table reservation software. Um, and we also layered in contactless payments. So it's almost like Uber, but for restaurants. So you make your reservation, you go, you eat, you enjoy your time, and then you can just leave when you're done. Um, there, you don't even have to like, you know, touch an app or anything. And so um, that's really what we see as, as the future. And I think when we look back, although it's very difficult now, I think we're going to see this as massive opportunity for innovation and really creating a lot of new things in the space. I mean, restaurant software, when it comes to table reservations, like OpenTable is founded in the late 90s. So I mean, it's been over 20 years since there's really been any true innovation in the space. And technology has changed a lot. Consumer behavior has changed a lot. Um, and we're really excited because I think we'll, we'll build a solution that not only is relevant to the COVID area, but um, beyond as well as, you know, people just want more seamless, better experiences where they can enjoy each other in the hospitality and not have to deal with all the administrative tasks of, you know, receipts and papers and pens and, and all that. So as the founder of this company, what are some of the things that you spend your time on? Right now, are you more in like customer acquisition mode? Are you building software, partnerships, fundraising? I guess, what does your day-to-day look like? If you had to describe if there was a day-to-day for a founder, um, although every day is different. I know that. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And that's what I enjoy about it. I mean, it's, uh, it's this constant mode of either you know, putting out fires or you know, trying to prevent fires in the future. Um, generally, the way that we think about it is we have two goals. So number one is that uh, the product is uh, the core features at least are complete and reliable. Um, so we don't have any like major, you know, you're always going to get feature requests, but at least in terms of like the major flow is working is reliable. And then the second one is that the product is self-service. So a lot of like basic account management features, we just haven't built like forgot passwords, for example. Um, and we just have it all email based. So then we can really focus on the core product. Um, and so as long as those two are green, we focus on, on sales and adding new venues um, but we find that as soon as, just because we're in this phase right now, we have about a handful on the, the current platform. You know, once we add that sixth or seventh, um, there's always going to be like some sort of new thing that we didn't think about that we want to add before we add new venues. Um, and we'll kind of then transition back into to building um, and then just kind of go back and forth until we get a little bit stronger product market fit. It, it, it's kind of like interesting how you finish that, like until you get stronger product market fit. And it kind of feels like yeah. companies are like two, there's kind of like two, and there's a lot of stages of a company, but there's kind of like only two. There's like, there's like the process of rolling up a, a boulder of a mountain, which yeah. is pre product market fit. And it's like pushing, it takes force, et cetera. Then you yeah. get to the top and then it starts like rolling down and you're trying to chase it <laughs> and make sure it doesn't crash into yeah. it crash in. And yeah. um, I'm curious for you, like, do you have any, um, I guess, how do you think about pushing the boulder up versus like preparing to, to, to chase it down? Do you even spend any time thinking about what happens like when you're chasing it or like, how do you, how do you kind of think about those two forces? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. So um, we think about it some, but I just, for, especially with COVID and everything going on, like we've just become so focused on like kind of the near term blocking and tackling. And um, you know, we like to say like the opposite of the Wayne Gretzky uh, saying, which as opposed to, you know, going to skating to where the puck's going, not where the puck's at, is what he says. What we like to say is skate to where the puck's at, not where it's going, because it's so hard to predict what's going on. Um, and in terms of like the product market fit, we like to kind of think of it as like a roller coaster that's like generally going up and to the right, and that the slope of each dip uh, gets gradually shallower as we add each new customer. So when we added like our second customer, there was just all these things that needed to change the product. We had to slow all of our sales and onboarding down 
until we met those, those new features that they needed. But once we added even the fourth and fifth customer, I mean, it was massively easier. I mean, it's almost like, uh, you know, like decay of like a nuclear atom or whatever. Like the first customer requires so much effort. And then that next customer is 50% of the effort and 50% of the effort and 50% of the effort. And just keeps getting easier and easier as you add more customers because those, the number, you know, the universe of potential changes and ways they can use the product, you gradually capture that um, over time. But it's definitely slow to start. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And then you got to get to this point where you're like, 50 customers and then it's just a whole, a whole different world. Chasing the, chasing the boulder down the hill and you know, solve yeah. the problems. Yeah. yeah. So, let's <laughs> so we say, look forward to that point. Yep. So let's say you, you push it up, you're chasing it down you chase it down for, for a while. Um, it's, I'll stop with the analogy. It's 10 years from now. Like you're doing this for a while. Like it's yep. working. The company has become big um, and it, very valuable. What would you say it looks like in their 10 or 20 years? Or I guess in other words, like what's the, what's the big vision for, for you and what direction are you rowing in? For sure. So I think that that broader vision, like I mentioned, is like the Shopify for restaurants. So um, what I mean by that is the, the restaurant industry is like one of those absurdly large industries that's just hard to even wrap your head around. So each year in the US is about $900 billion. And then within that, you have the full service market, which is around $300, $400 billion. Um, obviously, it's contracted significantly you know, with what's happened. Um, but it will bounce back. I mean, people love eating out. Um, if you look at the growth of restaurants versus the growth of like groceries, for example, it's, it's much greater um, in the last 10 or 20 years. And so really our goal is building a platform that restaurants and empowers them to have their businesses online, to have it be digital, to have things be seamless. Um, for me, like watching, you know, on Twitter, like seeing like, oh, this was this cafe that I learned to code in, like they're about to close and they need donations. And like what I think a lot of businesses realized was like, they just don't have relationships, like strong relationships with their customers. Um, you know, they're, they're maybe collecting some credit card uh, payment info through Square. Maybe they have a loyalty program, but those systems aren't really talking. There are a lot of work to maintain. They're not all integrated. And if you're like a small business, like at the end of the day, you only have so much bandwidth. And so our goal is really empowering all these small businesses to run more profitable, more efficient um, operations that can weather you know, these kinds of storms. So even setting up like membership programs, having recurring revenue. Um, and that's really the, the long-term uh, vision and goal uh, with what we're doing. And then to make that happen, I mean, it'll obviously, it's like a lot of, a lot to do and you'll need yeah. some help. You'll yeah. obviously, um, you know, customers, you'll need employees, maybe some more investors if you want to go down that route. But what I can guarantee you'll need, I have a hunch, is that you'll need help from the forward-thinking founders community. So for my, last question, for, my, for my last question for you is if you got listeners that are, that are listening to this right now, they're like, this is interesting. I want to help. How can they? Do you even ask for the forward-thinking founders community that can make your life a little easier, push the ball a little forward, a little further up the mountain? That's right. Yeah, no, absolutely. It takes, a, it takes a village to raise a startup. Um, and I, I love what you're doing, man, getting this community together. It's, it's really needed. Um, you know, if, if folks know like of restaurants um, and bars, breweries, you know, local places um, that are in their communities that are currently like taking reservations over the phone or using like high friction payment uh, methods and are looking for a solution that doesn't require a commitment um, and they want to help their restaurants, if they can just shoot them over to our website, uh, perfectmenu.com, they can see all the information that they need, they can sign up there, um, or they can make an intro uh, to myself at my email at luke at perfectmenu.com.
All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and sharing what you're working on, how you weathered the storm and where you're at now and what the vision is for tomorrow. I, um, and I just kind of wish you the best of luck making it happen. So thanks for coming on to the podcast. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of Forward Thinking Founders. If you want more of Forward Thinking, I'm excited to let you know that we now have a community. Well, it's not really a community. It's more of a city. It's called Forward Thinking City. And in Forward Thinking City, you're able to do AMAs with past guests that have been on the podcast. For example, today we just talked to Jonathan Barkle, who's the CEO of Air Garage. Um, additionally, we have the CEO of Catch, Kristen Anderson. We have Austin Allred, the CEO of Lambda School coming in. And these are people that you can talk with, right? You can ask them questions. These are AMAs. Additionally, you're able to do happy hours with other residents once a week so you can meet other people, learn about their startups. You also have a chance to do startup office hours and get feedback on your on your startup or your product, as well as get a chance to pitch actual investors, real VCs. And this is all only for $7 a month. So if you want to support me as a creator, but more importantly, if you want to move your startup career forward and faster and get you access to guests on the podcast, other people in the city, and potentially investors then go to forwardthinking.city and sign up today for seven dollars a month that's forwardthinking.city all right see you tomorrow